Well, it's, it's not necessarily as easy as people would think. What are the drivers of, of having hunting on a refuge like the National Elk Refuge? We aren't feeding elk during the hunting season. That would, that would not be cool. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host for this episode, Taryn Hunt. Got an exciting episode for you guys this week. Um, I sit down with Chris Dipple of the National Elk Refuge. Chris is the deputy uh, refuge manager there. And we talk about this hunting program that they have set up at the refuge. So if this is something that you're interested in, something that you possibly want to hunt at some point, or have hunted in the past, uh, this is going to be a great episode for you guys. He shares a lot of great information with us. Before we get to that though, I want to thank our title sponsor, Vortex Optics. I have been in the field quite a bit this year and have been utilizing my Vortex spotting scope, binoculars, rifle scopes, rangefinder. I mean, man, guys, they work so amazing. If you haven't had a chance to use them, go to your local dealer, check them out, um, find out what works best for you. I mean, they have a wide range of things, of products out there, depending on uh, really what you want to spend and kind of that quality that you're looking for. But really, at the core of Vortex, it's all quality. It's all great stuff. So I highly encourage you guys to go check it out. Hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Please do not forget to like the podcast, comment if you have questions, and also please share the podcast with someone that you think would enjoy it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support. All right, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm pretty excited to do this podcast. This is a, a subject that we've gotten a lot of attention on um, since we released the article about it. Um, today's podcast is going to be on hunting in the National Elk Refuge. And again, like I said, we've had so much attention on this topic. Um, when we put out that article, it went on social media and a lot of questions came in. And so we knew that we needed to, to get some answers to you guys, kind of find some details about this, uh, this hunting on the, on the National Elk Refuge. And so, um, yeah, pretty excited uh, to be doing this podcast. So on the call today, or on the podcast today, we have Chris Dipple, who is the Deputy Refuge Manager for the National Elk Refuge. Welcome to the call, Chris. Thanks, Darren. We're super excited to have you on um, and appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I know this is not the norm for you, and uh, so so appreciate you doing this. Um, Chris, if you wouldn't mind, maybe just take a couple minutes and, and let everybody know who you are, uh, kind of what you do at, at the refuge, uh, and just some things like that, if you wouldn't mind. Okay. Uh, my name's Chris Dipple. Uh, I am the deputy refuge manager here, as Taryn said. I've been working with U.S. Fish and Wildlife or for U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service since 1989, this is my ninth refuge that I've worked on. Um, wow. And as the deputy manager here, I'm in charge of operations, daily operations. So everything, maintenance, biology, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, law enforcement, I supervise law enforcement. I was a federal law enforcement officer myself until I aged out. Um, <laughs> so I did that for 20 years as well. Wow. Wow, I didn't realize. So you've been in, you've been doing this for a really long time, then. I have. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you're the perfect one to have to talk about the this this subject. Then, well, thank you again. I, again, I appreciate you taking the time to join me to do this podcast, um, and I know our listeners uh, will appreciate it as well. Because, like I said, this got so much attention when we put it out there, and 
a lot of questions came in. So, so what we're going to be talking about is hunting on the National Elk Refuge. And if anybody's, man, if you haven't had a chance, go on the, uh, the website and look at some of the pictures. And I mean, it, it's it's pretty amazing. It's awe-inspiring at, at the number of elk that are on that ref. How maybe you'll know? Do you know, Chris? What what is the number of elk on the refuge? Well, it it varies throughout the year, um, you know, and the, yeah, once they migrate on, um, and the max numbers can be somewhere between seven thousand and ten thousand uh, through the through the winter time. Then, of course, uh, by mid-April or so, most of those are gone back back out uh, to wherever they're going to do their calving at. So we have different different areas that show up here you know we get some yellowstone elk we get some grand teton national park elk we get teton wilderness elk we get local elk but but a lot of them come here in the winter time wow i guess that's what i should have asked is yeah max uh, what are the numbers that's a lot seven to ten thousand that uh migrate into that location during the winter that's amazing and it makes for some amazing photographs. Like I said, if you're a if you're a wildlife photographer, what a place to be and to to see those animals because it's it's pretty amazing. So, well, let's jump into it, Chris. Let me ask you some questions about uh, hunting on the on the elk refuge. So, a lot of questions came in. You know, is this something new? Uh, so, I'm a I'm not a Wyoming resident. I've never actually even been to the elk refuge, so I don't know a lot about it. So, you're gonna have to excuse my ignorance a little bit on this, but. Um, is hunting the refuge is this a new concept or has this been around for quite some time no it's it's not new at all uh and, and most refuges throughout the country the, there's a lot of them some in every state um over 500 560 something like that wow. uh, most of them have hunting um as a management tool and so elk have been for here elk have been hunted they started in the 40s um, and it would come and go a little bit. And since 63, um, and then, and the, uh, uh, recreation act, it was called, mm-hmm. uh, it's been in the code of federal regulations to allow hunting on the, on the, uh, elk refuge. So it's been around quite a while. Gotcha. And that's kind of the thing people were, and maybe it's cause this is the first time they've heard about it. So they thought it was a new thing. Um, and so they kind of wow, this is this is something new and amazing. So it's good to know that it's been around uh, for quite some time. Um, and, and your your response actually kind of leads me in into my next question. You talk about using it as, as a management uh, tool. So so what are kind of that? What are the drivers of of having hunting on a refuge like the National Elk Refuge? Well, it's 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 used as a management tool um, to control or to help control population numbers. Um, we work in conjunction with the state. Um, you know, the state has a goal of, of 11,000, give or take, in this in this herd unit. And uh, in order to maintain those numbers and not let the numbers creep up too tall or too high, uh, hunting is used, you know, as recreation and a management tool. So we 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 work with the state to help set numbers and goals and and uh seasons and all that kind of stuff most of the hunting on the refuge is for cows there is a couple weeks in the beginning where you can where you can shoot a bull but um you know and that's all part of of managing a herd population 
How, how often do you guys determine the number of licenses that are given out? Is it a yearly, do you, do you look at it yearly and determine with the, like you said, in conjunction with the state, um, determine that number or do you have like a three-year plan or how does that look? No, it's, it's yearly. We meet with the state every year to set, to help set goals and objectives, um, in the different hunt units. And you know, so the elk refuge is its own hunt unit, area 77 for those who want to look that up. We are area 77. And when do they apply for that? Is it part of the normal draw or is it, uh, yeah, how do you, how do you go about getting one of these licenses? Yeah, it's, it's just part of the normal. It, it, it's all through the Wyoming Game and Fish website. And, and for us, it's the access yes part of that website. Okay. Uh, so we can control permit numbers and those permits are just basically entry permits. So you get your, you get your tag from the state, you get your, your elk license from the state. Um, you pay for your conservation stamp, you pay for your feed ground stamp. All these are different little things that you pay for to hunt on the refuge or any other feed ground area when you get a feed ground stamp. Um, and, and then you go through the access yes program to get a entry permit onto the refuge. And, and just, just to clarify on the feed ground thing, we aren't feeding elk during the hunting season. That would, that would not be cool. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> <I'd> be <laughs> so, the hunt season has come and gone, uh, usually by at least a month before we start, uh, actually feeding elk in the wintertime. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's a good thing to clarify because <laughs> that would that would make it a little easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, I and really... we also have. Go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. We also have bison hunting on the refuge as well, and that's been going on um, since about 2007. Oh wow! What's so you can sorry you go can ahead. take a you can take any bison, or you can you know you get a you, same thing. Go through the state website, get your get your license through the state um you can get an any bison tag or you can get a cow calf only tag um and that season starts actually august 15th and can go as late as january 30th or 31st wow uh, depending on whether we've started feeding or not so when we have to initiate feeding we shut down the bison hunt or the end of january shuts down the bison hunt whatever comes first What's the number of of like I guess that it changes every year, but kind of what's a an average number of bison licenses that you give out for that uh, area? Uh, it's usually well these last few years it's been around 120 to 150 I think, cool. and I can't remember the breakdown of the any bison versus cow calf, but um, that's about the total. And when when we we because we actually reached our population goals on bison uh three or four years ago got the the herd size down to about 500 and and that that dramatically decreased the number of tags available so once you know as long as that population stays within that goal objective those will probably be about the number of bison licenses that are given out that's still more than i would have (laughs) thought i mean that's a that's a pretty good number that must be a pretty big herd that you have coming in there bison as well well, it, it's it's right at, I think it's right around, the last count was around 550 or so. Oh, so wow. the, the goal is 500, you know, but you have a plus or minus in there. So 
um, it's right at it's right at its population objective for the state and for us. Okay, gotcha. I got another question before we jump into because I really want to paint the picture of what what a hunt on the refuge looks like. Um, but one of the biggest questions that we had come in, and I I think I know the answer to this, but I want to ask you to ask it to you. Um, is this for Wyoming residents only for the to hunt on the refuge? No, no, it's not. Okay. It, uh, yeah, no, it's not. It's not. It's and I can't. I don't want to speak for the state, and I can't remember if there's. Um, how many non-resident tags, what the percentage is, you know, the available tags, how many go to a non-resident. I don't remember what that is. That would be a question for the state, but um, we, it's all, it's all based on what the state has already set up Okay. as far as resident and non-resident go, but it's not just for residents. Well, that's a really cool thing. Cause I mean, you know, there's a lot of people, um, I'm not going to say Eastern hunters. There's just a lot of people that have never had a chance to hunt elk and you know this could be a pretty cool opportunity for them to to be able to hunt a little bit different than uh some other elk hunting but it could be a really cool opportunity for those uh non-residents because again we saw conversations going back and forth some people say no this is for wyoming residents only uh and then others say no this is for everybody um like i said i feel like i got the answer because uh, i actually talked to somebody that <laughs> that had hunted it and was not from wyoming so i figured i had the answer to that but all right yeah, and you can actually take, just say you drew a, an elk tag over in the bighorns or something, and you were unable to fill it, as long as you can get that entry permit through the draw system, through the Access Yes program on us, you can bring that, even though it's not an Area 77 tag, you can bring that tag over here and fill it. So you can fill up the... Uh, three i believe three licenses or tags on elk refuge are there certain units that you can do that that you can take your tag from one unit and go to the other one or is it really any unit in wyoming as long as you didn't harvest something you can go to the the refuge and get one it's basically the what the latter it's it's, you can take any tag any valid tag from any part of the state and come and and fill it on the refuge oh that's cool that's really cool Man, that yeah. I'm just thinking about youth hunters, things like that, just to, you know, youth hunters, they get that tag, aren't able to harvest an animal, and that can be a little bit depressing for them, but to have a kind of a secondary option for them, and really anybody, it doesn't have to be a youth hunter, but really for anybody to have that secondary option as a possibility, uh, that's that's absolutely huge. That's a that's a cool thing, and like I said, or I, and we didn't have that in our uh, article, so appreciate that information, mm-hmm. Chris. So yeah. there is a, there, there is a youth only uh, hunt, you know. So so now, typically these late all these all these um, later periods are all just cow only. But the youth hunt, there are three days set aside just for youth to come. Um, it's Thanksgiving, the Friday after, and the Saturday after. So that three day period and the Thanksgiving weekend is set aside for youth, and they can they can take a bull or a or a cow. Oh, that's cool. Oh, what a fun way to spend Thanksgiving, too. <laughs> That'd yeah. be a blast. That's cool. So if if someone draws this tag, I, I just kind of want to, again, I just want to kind of paint that picture for somebody that, uh, or I guess not even, uh, yeah, draws a tag or doesn't harvest and, and ends up getting a, the ability to hunt on the refuge. Can you kind of paint the picture a little bit of what it looks like as far as, I mean, as a, 
is it a lot of hiking? Are you able to get on roads? Are you, you know, just, can you kind of just tell us a little bit of, about that hunt? Like just paint the picture of what it would look like if you had that tag in your pocket. Um, well, it's, it's not necessarily as easy as people would think. Um, so it's, it's about 24,000 acres, um, maybe 23,000 acres that are open to hunting. Uh, there's a little bit of buffer around town and, uh, there are some archery only areas closer to structures and, uh, um, uh, there's a limited range area and then there's an any weapon area, but, um, so you, you draw the, draw the tag, you draw for a period of time, uh, usually like seven, eight, nine days are those periods of time that you've drawn for. Um, and you, would uh, we 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 allow access? We have a road system and some parking areas that are not necessarily open to the public, but they're open to hunters. So the southern part of the refuge is a little bit more open than the northern part. Most of the parking areas are in the southern half to two thirds, and so you have to initiate from a parking area that's to keep we we, we discourage road hunting mm-hmm. so you have to initiate your hunt from a parking area you can't drop people off along the road um, you initiate from a parking area and you can walk anywhere you can take a horse anywhere north of flat creek and if they get on the website and look at the map they can see this stuff okay uh, and then uh, you can also use a uh, mountain bike as you would a horse but the mountain bike is restricted to the road system and we have a whole system of retrieval roads there are inner admin roads that we we say are retrieval roads for people to get an animal down we have one licensed uh, guide outfitter who is also a dragger and for a very reasonable rate they will drag you know you get an animal down you call them up and they will come with with a horse and drag your animal back to your vehicle for you load it for you um gut it for you uh, so it, wow. that, that's a pretty good deal that's a great deal <laughs> yeah i mean it's a really good deal that they offer wow. so, so anyway it's it, and there is some hiking there's some elevation change not a not a lot you're not hiking up mountains you're hiking you're hiking on hills um and, you know, maybe maybe the farthest walk you could do from a parking lot and still stay on the refuge would be about four miles. Okay. That's not too bad. Let me ask you a couple of questions, sir, before you, you keep going here. Um, back to the bikes. Are you able to use those electric bikes, like a Rambo bike or a Quiet Cat bike? Um, we are currently writing policy on that right now. Oh, okay. Uh, we we have we have allowed them uh, based on like a it's not really grandfathered in, but it's 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 a lack of specificity in the rules. Mm-hmm. So right now we're writing new rules that will accommodate some sort of electric bike. Okay. Not electric motorcycles, but you know just the e-bike type thing that's becoming more popular. Uh, say the hunting world is it's becoming so popular colorado they've they've kind of put the hammer down a little bit on us we're not able to use them as much as a lot of us would uh well i shouldn't say us i don't have one um i'm 
more of a boots on the ground kind of a guy, but um, a lot of hunters use them, and so they're they're kind of put the hammer down on us and not able to use them as much as other states, like like for example Utah. But on something like that, I mean, that would be really nice if if you could utilize those to kind of cruise around. Like yeah, not the not a motorcycle or electric motorcycle, but yeah, just like a those bicycles, like a Rambo bike or something like that. So, um, and the other question I was going to ask you is, would you mind sharing with us the name of the uh, outfitter that's in there? Yeah. Um, it, uh, it's Ralph green and his company's name is, uh, let me look this up before I, I don't want to mess up the name. No worries. I got the paper here, but I'm not finding it right off the top of my head. I think it's still called, um, double diamond. Let me see if I can find. Yes, double diamond tag and drag. Yep. Double diamond. Tag and the and operator's drag. name is is Ralph Ralph Green. Okay. Yeah, that'll be good information for people to know because once you get an animal down, especially an elk, wait, <laughs> elk or a bison, bison, either one of those. Once you shoot them and get them down, that's that's when the work begins. So if you could have somebody that would gut it drag it put it in the back of your truck for you that's <laughs> that saves you a lot of uh, time and effort and sweat and blood and back pain yep. <laughs> the back pain lasts for days i just got back from an elk hunt and uh it's still there so <laughs> yeah. hey, if you look in our brochure his 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 number the name of the company and the phone number is in that bro that hunt brochure that's available on the website okay perfect and what is the website for the refuge you mind sharing that with us um, I always, even I, right, who work here, just Google National Elk Refuge. It's just okay. quicker that way. That's, that's <laughs> how we do everything nowadays. <laughs> just Google it. It makes it easier. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's, you... the, it's, it's, under, it's under visitor activities on the website. So if you get, you find the National Elk Refuge website and you just go to visitor activities and look for elk hunting and you'll find it. Okay, perfect. And for those listening, I'll put a I'll put a link to the website in the show notes. So if you're listening and want to go check out the that brochure that Chris is talking about, um, you can just click on that link and should get you to to where you need to go. So another question I have for you, Chris, and something that you kind of touched on this with the bison, as far as the the dates of the bison hunt is the are the is the elk hunt the same dates or are they different? No, elk elk is is not as is the bison hunt can last for six months yeah but the elk the elk hunt is october well it varies a little bit just based on the calendar days each calendar year but you know mid-october to mid-december i think this year is october 13th through december 13th perfect okay and then those two days in thanksgiving are for youth only three days yep or three days excuse me Mm -hmm. youth only all right, makes sense. Are there any other requirements that we didn't touch on to hunt, or is there any other details to the hunt that uh, we didn't touch on that you can think of? Uh, most, most, if you follow the state regs, which which is uh, this refuge tries to do, so it makes it easier for folks. Um, you know, so hunter safety, follow whatever the state says, which is basically anybody born after January first, nineteen sixty six, has to go through hunter safety. Um, you know, the orange or the, I think we, we allow pink as well, but high, you know, the fluorescent colors, uh, visible at 360 degrees. Um, we do have a limit on seven cartridges per license per day. 
which is a little bit on more, you know, that's not necessarily a state law, but that's based on experience and keeping people from just, you know, lobbing shots into a, a batch of running elk. Yeah. If you can't um, hit them in seven shots, we got, we got other issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it for the, on you. It's not it there. That's in the brochure, but those are the ones that I can think of off the top of my head that may be different than just the regular state state rules. Okay, cool. And yeah, that's all I really want to do is just kind of give an over, you know, that 30, 30 foot view of this kind of a, an overview of it. And yeah, like you said, specifics, we, uh, folks can go to that brochure, find the details of it. Um, again, I'll put that link in the show notes to that. Chris, I have kind of one other question. It's going to be a two part question. I'll get you out of here on, on this one. Um, I guess kind of the first part of the question is, you know, does, does the National Oak Refuge, do they plan on doing this hunt uh, for the foreseeable future? And are there any changes to that hunt that's coming up that you can share with us? Uh, you know, we, we have no plans to change the hunt. Um, the only thing that would change maybe is the number of tags available. And that's, like I said earlier, based on population objectives and working with the state. Um, so the, that that would be the only the no plans to to stop it and the only changes that would come uh would be those tag numbers maybe uh, expansion of um, some of the archery only areas and possibly in the future expanding to uh pronghorn hunting which you know is not is not available on us now but um no 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 other major changes Okay. Actually, that actually spurs another question. It's a little bit off the cuff question. And again, you're going to probably have to forgive my, my ignorance a bit because I've never been there before, but you, you mentioned pronghorn. I mean, is there a possibility that pronghorn, mule deer, are there, you know, are there, there other species that, that may jump into that hunt at some point? Uh, I would say the whitetail. Oh, whitetail. Uh, okay. And, but there's not that many of them. Uh-huh. And... And but the most likely thing is is the pronghorn antelope, and we would just become part of whatever unit, whatever state unit exists around us right now. Gotcha. Probably with limited, with the same access yes program. Probably, you know, we haven't really fleshed this out too much, but you know, not with a, with entry permits available and and that sort of thing, just to keep the numbers of people reasonable. Gotcha. Okay, that's interesting. I I would assume I I guess I did assume that you guys had mule deer up there, not uh, not whitetail. That's it. are there mule deer and whitetail, or is it just predominantly whitetail? No, no, it's predominantly mule deer. Um, oh, okay. We they just they don't spend a whole lot of time on us. They just pass through us. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, it's not it's not impossible to have an, a mule deer hunt, um, but the whitetail is more of uh expanding its range you know and and um in the in the river bottoms and stuff mm-hmm. so we've we've had initial discussions with the state on that oh that'd be cool that'd be really cool awesome well chris i appreciate you jumping on with me today and, and answering uh my barrage of of questions and and again i i don't know a lot about this in fact my my business partner Monty, he's probably chuckling as he listens to this. Like Taryn, I already know all this information, but again, we've had a lot of people 
reach out and ask questions um, about the refuge. I, I guess one other question before we get before we're done here is where's the best place to go to if people have questions? I mean, people can come to us and continue to come to us for questions, but where would you recommend they go to if they have questions about the uh, about the hunt there? Well, we, I would recommend calling the the local state office, Game and Fish office, the Jackson the regional office. Okay. Or you, we have a hunt line um, that you can call and leave questions on. It's basically it's a recording, and then our our uh, one of our staff will will look at those not not hourly or anything, but every other day or so, and try to return calls and answer questions for people. Um, and that that number is two zero one well three zero seven two zero one five four three seven, and that's the uh, Elk Refuge Hotline. Okay, perfect, awesome. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate that, and I encourage anybody if you have questions about this that we didn't touch on today in this podcast. Yeah, reach out, ask questions. It never hurts to ask questions. Get some more information on it. Um, also, again, that brochure, we'll, we'll put that link in there, and I bet a lot of your questions can be answered by that as well. So, all right, Chris, I will let you go. Thank you again so much for jumping on. Appreciate you taking the time. You bet. No problem. Have yep. a good day. You too. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, thanks for joining us for the podcast again. Appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate all the support that you give us here at eHunter. We are extremely grateful for all the messages that we get, the support that we get from you guys. So just want to tell you thank you and hope you guys know how much we appreciate you. 